One down and 11 more regular season games to go. Utah with the 37-16 victory tonight over the University of North Dakota. I'm Brian Swinney. Thank you so much for joining me here on the Utecast on UteZone and UteZone.com. I feel, I'm tired. It's only 9 o'clock tonight, and, and I'll get this thing rolled out here in a little bit. So I'm, I'm tired. It's like I've been excited for football all day since I woke up at 7 o'clock this morning, and uh, it's it's been all this buildup, and, 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 and we got to watch some football. It was great to be able to watch football, and we didn't get... Utah's best performance out there, but I thought it was a good enough performance. But I want to start with the guy that I, I, I mean, he, he beat all my expectations tonight. He did, and, and I know he had an early pick that uh, was a poor decision and a poor throw, but and he missed a few guys here and there, but everybody misses. Everybody misses throws during the game. Tyler Huntley was tremendous tonight, absolutely tremendous. Hats off to Tyler Huntley. Uh, he was better than uh, Tyler Huntley and the Utah wide receivers particularly Huntley and Carrington, they were better than that North North Dakota secondary. All right, I'll eat it. So they'd be, I had them hit even. Huntley ate them up tonight. 23 of 32, 227 yards to 7.1 yard to average. And one touchdown, one interception. And then on the ground, 17 carries, 16, uh, 69 yards and two touchdowns. Huntley was efficient through the air, and he was dynamic on the ground. A tremendous game overall by Tyler Huntley tonight. Absolutely tremendous. And, and it's hard to, to fault the coaches. It's hard to use, fault the Utah coaching staff. It, it, it Through game one game, it looks like the right decision. It look, I know we're probably going to play this game all season long. We're going to play this game all season long, or maybe for the first couple weeks, until Tyler Huntley proves that it was the right decision. But through one game, he absolutely passed the test. Tyler Huntley was great tonight. He, he was escaping the he didn't get He had no pass protection tonight. Very little pass protection. And he still went 23 of 32 through the air. Now, the, the, most of the throws were simplified. It was, it was. If, if you're looking at the offense and I go, oh man, this is this isn't this isn't the high flying offense I expected. They didn't. Utah. I mean, trust me. Utah showed very little. We saw more as the media in fall camp than you guys saw tonight in terms of diversity in, in the playbook. It was simple. It was easy. It was it was out there so Tyler Huntley could. Could make the throws, and and they they made they they just put throw after throw that they knew he would make to build that confidence, and you just saw it. He got more and more confident, and they were very vanilla in that first quarter, and opened it up a little bit more, a little bit more in that second quarter, a little more in that third quarter. Went back a little vanilla in the fourth quarter, just trying to protect that lead, which which I hate, and I know I know that was <laughs> whatever. Great game by Huntley tonight, though. Absolutely tremendous game. He's your starting quarterback. He was awesome, and Ute fans have to love what they saw out of out of Huntley. Not not because that because he was out of this world. He wasn't Lamar Jackson from last season, but the potential. You saw the potential. You saw what they can be. And, and I mean, what would hit Huntley's numbers have looked like? And what would this team's numbers have looked like offensively in terms of uh, points per? If, if penalties hadn't killed him all game long, wide receivers weren't called for multiple penalties. The offensive line wasn't called for multiple penalties. But Tyler Huntley, my hat is off to you. You had one of the better performances I've seen out of a Utah quarterback. And I know it was against North Dakota, but this is still a good team. This is one of the better quarterback performances I've seen out of a Utah quarterback since I've been covering this team. And this this being the eighth year. And that, that was a solid North Dakota team out there that gave Utah a lot uh, – Gave him some fits in some spots, but Huntley just made play after play after play. I can't stress that enough. He made play after play after play, and I was just going, man, look at this kid. Look what he's doing. Look what he's doing. To me, the play that stood out, and it was only a six-yard gain. The play that stood out, it was a low snap. Huntley grabbed it. 
made <laughs> rolled out, split two guys, made a couple of guys miss, and threw a dart to Harrison Hanley, who was coming back, who made a great catch himself right along the sidelines. Only six yards, but it was the play where you just go, man, that's the kind of play we need out of our quarterback. We want to win the Pac-12 South. You fans, I think you've got it. You know what? If, if I was wrong and, and we thought T- Troy Williams was the better option and Tyler Huntley is the better option, then, then we'll eat it, and that's fine. Through one game, Tyler Huntley showed us that he was the right selection, and he just looked electric out there in so many ways. Efficient in the passing game, which is exactly what they needed him to be, and dynamic in the running game, which is also exactly what they needed to be. Tyler Huntley may, may not have had the best stats of anyone on the team tonight, but, but to me, he's the guy that, that I thought was your ultimate MVP because it was his first game. There was a lot on the line. There was a, there was I mean, if, if it went very poorly tonight, it could derail Utah's entire season. It just kills his confidence. But Huntley absolutely stepped up, was an absolute monster. The run game was as, as I thought it would be, and I thought Utah leaned heavily on the run game tonight, and they did, and I think that was a smart play. Keep it simple with the passing game, especially early, which is what they did, and the run game wear them down, which is really what they did in that that. Uh, Late, late in the second quarter, and then really into the second half, they wore down the uh, the defense for North Dakota, especially in that third quarter. And they did with the running game. Zach Moss, Zach Moss, 22 carries, 128 yards, 5.8 yards per carry, with only a long of 20. So it's not like he was busting off long ones. For, for Moss, it was consistently 6, 7, 4, 7, 11, 7, 6, 2, 5, 9. Those were, those were distances for his carry side. It was just not chunk yardage. But putting you in a position where you were in second and short, or third and short, or picking up second down, or picking up first downs uh, from a second and five, Zach Moss absolutely tremendous tonight, and really solidified that number one running back spot. Not that we, we thought he was going to lose it, but but he was really good tonight. And Troy McCormick, a, a nice change of pace in the backfield uh, next to him, two carries for 54 yards, the long of 43. But but Huntley carrying the ball, the 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 combo of Moss and Huntley back there carrying the ball really kept North Dakota on their toes in terms of they didn't know who was going to get the ball. Huntley's efficiency throwing the ball, especially with those short, quick throws that he was able to do, really kept North Dakota's defense on their toes. Utah's offense was much more efficient than I think people realize, mainly because of the number of penalties that just kept pushing them back, pushing them back, pushing them back. Take those penalties out. I know that's a part of the game. It's it's part of the game. They happen, and, and it exists, and those penalties aren't erased, but... When they were lining it up, this offense was was moving the ball, and they were moving with some efficiency. And and I thought the offensive line did a great job run blocking. Once they got about halfway through that, they, halfway through that first quarter into the end of that first quarter, they really started run blocking the ball, run blocking well. And that's what they're going to do well. Utah is going to continue to run block well. And there were complaints, and I, I saw them on our message boards. I saw them on on Twitter that complaints about the offensive line. The offensive line's not doing their job. They're not doing well. They're not pass blocking well. When has a Utah offensive line ever pass blocked well? That's a big reason why your off your quarterbacks have sucked. That's why your pass pass production in over since 2008 has been for the most part poor. Your pass production's poor, press protection production is poor often because your offensive line can't block. And Utah's offensive line didn't show that they could block tonight. They didn't show that they could pass block. They could run block and they ran, they were run blocking like crazy because that's what Utah offensive lines do well. Will this offensive line get better with pass blocking? Absolutely. But, but they gave up three sacks and a ton of pressures, multiple tackles for loss against a North Dakota team that, while they're good for an FCS team, it's still an FCS team. And that was an undersized defensive front and front seven for 
for North Dakota. They shouldn't, and maybe that was the issue. Maybe speed was the issue. The front, uh, those guys weren't necessarily speed guys. The linebackers, they were the ones that gave them some issues. There were some guys, the, the nose tackle I thought was pretty good um, for, for North Dakota tonight and him getting in the backfield. But too much pressure from Utah's offensive, or Utah's offensive line gave up, and Huntley was under pressure too often. But that is going to essentially be what you'll see often for Utah is the run game, the the run blocking is going to be good, and the pass blocking is really never going to be above average for Utah. And, and I'm talking about 2017. If Utah is average as a pass blocking team, take it right now. Absolutely take it because as a whole, they were below average tonight, and, and they will never be an elite pass blocking unit. But they can be an elite run blocking unit, and they showed they could do that tonight. Uh, the receivers, well, first chance for a lot of people to see Darren Carrington. You got to see Darren Carrington tonight, and you got to see why we as the media were so excited when we got a chance to see Darren Carrington. 10 catches, 127 yards, a touchdown as well. He was targeted by Huntley over and over and over again. I hope that that was because he was open and not because Huntley was staring him down. I got to go back and watch it. I'll get a better view as to, to what was happening and, and what uh, progressions Huntley was going through and, and where he was looking at. If Carrington was his first option and he was going there, well, it was working tonight. We'll see if it works going forward. But Darren Carrington, what an athlete, what a player, and the, and the most explosive wide receiver Utah's had since joining the Pac-12 by an absolute mile. Things are spread around after that. C.O.C. Wilson, two catches for 30 yards. Simpkins with two catches for eight yards. Singleton, only one catch tonight for six yards. Kind of looked out of rhythm. Samson Nakua, two catches, 19 yards. Troy McCormick, two catches for 14 yards. So as I go back and I look at it, uh, Zach Moss also only had two catches. So McCormick and Moss with four catches total out of the backfield. It's, I swear it seemed like Utah threw 800 screens to their backs today. It seemed like they threw way more than they actually did. So there's only four catches total between McCormick and Moss. But these wide receivers, did you see the pass block, or not the pass block, but the, uh, the downfield blocking in the run game by these guys today? The downfield blocking, and they got busted a couple of times. They got busted with penalties multiple times the wide receivers did. It's going to be a product of being as physical as they were. And I'll bet if you ask those North Dakota uh, corners and safeties, hey, what do you think about the Utah wide receivers? They're going to go, man, those guys were physical. Those guys just fought and fought and fought, especially when it came to, to run blocking. And that, that's another reason why Utah was so successful in the run game. And that they, when they got, once they got to that, that second level, sometimes the wide receivers were there blocking well enough that they were to pick up five, six, seven extra yards. It was a very impressive performance overall from a blocking perspective of the wide receivers. Hat, my hat is off to uh, Guy Holiday and the job he did in teaching uh, some of the blocking techniques and, and just showing how important blocking is in this offense. Uh, so kind of wrapping up the offense here. The play calling for me, it was it was simple to set up to get Huntley comfortable, and then it opened up, and I thought that was a smart way to go about it. I thought that's the way they should have done it, and I'm glad that they went that direction. Troy Taylor, if you want to – Lean on me for game plan preparation at any point going forward. I'd be happy to help you with that. Lots of uh, screens it looked like, but o- only four completed as far as we can tell. There are some wide receiver screens. Don't get me wrong. They, they used the wide receivers and uh, on a couple of screens here and there, but it, it just it seemed like they were throwing screens to the backs a ton. Um, three sacks given up. The three sacks given up is is a little bit of a concern because three sacks given up against North Dakota is six sacks against Washington or is six sacks against USC and eight sacks against, against Washington. You got to clean that up. You got to figure out a way to clean that up overall with the offense. I was impressed by the flow of the play calling. I was impressed by the execution of 
the quarterback, the wide receivers, and the running backs. And on the offensive line, when it came to run blocking, there's still going to be some issues with pass blocking they got to work on and cleaning up the penalties. But overall, I thought it was a pretty good game. I thought it was a pretty good offensive performance by Utah. It didn't look as clean as you wanted it to be, and there's a lot still to be desired. But I think we saw glimpses of what this team is going to be, and once they start cleaning it up and putting it all together – and they've got a couple of weeks to do that with BYU next week, where I think Utah should still be fine in San Jose State and Arizona. And by the time they hit that Stanford game, uh, this this offense should really be rocking and rolling. You've had a guy in Darren Carrington who's been on campus for like a month. And, and, he, and he had 10 catches in his first game. And a guy in Tyler Huntley who's been the starting quarterback for, what, a week and a half? And for when it went 23 of 32 for 227 yards. Against a pretty good team. I was very happy with the offense tonight. Absolutely uh, happy with how things went, even though I'm, I'm sure areas can be picked apart. But I was happy overall with how Utah's offense performed. Defensively, it was the 16 points don't tell the story. Uh, Utah's defense was really good tonight. They were really, really good tonight. A few big plays late that, uh, or what was that, late in the third quarter, early in the fourth quarter, 71 yards on back to back plays through the air. Uh, that that kind of skewed the totals, but this is a team in North Dakota that runs the football very well, ran very well, had, had two all-conference level, or I mean, two two very good running backs. They ran for 51 yards total, and it's not like that number was highly skewed because Utah was in the backfield racking up a ton of stats, or a ton of sacks. He's had one sack tonight, one sack, and it was on the backup quarterback. Uh, late in the game by John Penasini. Came from the interior defense line. Good game by Penasini tonight. I thought he played well. I thought he might have been Utah's best interior defensive lineman today. Uh, Penasini had a very, very good game. But only 12 first downs total for North Dakota. Uh, 187 yards passing. Like I mentioned, 71 of that coming on back-to-back plays. 51 yards rushing. 14 of 31 out of their their, their passing game. 238 yards total. Who was so? We'll go kind of unit by unit here and look at that defensive line. They did a good job in helping slow the the run. I mean, they they could North Dakota could not run the ball up the middle at all, at all. Anytime they had success, it was it was getting it outside a little bit, and they didn't have very good success outside. You want to know why? Because Bradley and I and Kylie Fitz both both held the edge very well. Now, so well they didn't have any sex. It was good, and they really didn't get any pressure either. There was almost no pressure coming from the from the. Uh, the, the ends for Utah tonight, almost none, but a big reason for that, and, and if you watch it again, you'll see it. The offensive tackles, especially for me, the right tackle, the offensive tackles for North Dakota were really good. Those were really good guys, big bodies. They moved well. They knew how to they knew how to pass block. They pass blocked very, very well tonight and neutralized both Anai and Fitz. I mean, they both had an impact. In, in slowing the run game, um, but in terms of getting in the backfield and getting pressure, they didn't have a ton. They didn't get a ton of pressure. There were only a couple of times uh, that Fitz got back there, and I didn't see a nine get back there really uh, much at all. So uh, he he had a play where he had a tackle for loss in the backfield for I think it was a, a rushing play. So outside of that, Utah's got to find a way to get more pressure. Now we've seen this before. I believe it was two years ago. Utah started off slow with the sacks, and things got going. They got wild, and then Utah ended up putting together a huge sack season again. So so don't panic. Morgan Scalley get creative. And he'll figure out ways to get pressure. But Utah has guys that can get pressure. I talked I talked about this before the season. I said, I don't think they have that one guy that can stand out and get you 10, 12 sacks. I don't think that guy exists on this team. You don't have a Nate Orchard. You don't even have a Hunter Dimmick. You don't have that high-end pass rushing sack special. You don't have the P to T. You don't have that guy on this team. But these guys, in slowing the run, nobody's going to run on Utah this year. Nobody's going to run. The linebackers really didn't have to do anything. 
they really didn't have to do much out there. The, the defensive line took care of so much of their job tonight. And, I mean, they did their job. And it's not like the, the linebackers played poorly. They didn't at all. The defensive line just did their job and made things a lot easier for the linebackers. Sania Tautioli led the team. Ten tackles, one tackle for loss. Cody Barton, who played a lot because Utah played a ton in a four, uh, their, their their old Whittingham 4-3 traditional base instead of playing nickel tonight for the most part. They would go into nickel if it was generally a third and long situation uh, where they knew it was going to be a passing down. But uh, Utah played a lot of 4-3, so we saw Cody Barton out there a ton playing along Kavika Lua-Fatasanga and Sunia Tautioli. The linebackers did a pretty good job. Uh, I, I don't want to bash on Cody Barton. I hate to do it, but I, as I watched tonight, when there was generally an issue with the linebackers, it, it was Barton getting beat. It was Barton getting beat. So when you play Stanford and and you play teams that are going to run the ball, and USC is probably going to do it too, you're going <laughs> to... You've got a liability, man. I don't have to tell you, you got a liability at that linebacker spot if you've got to throw three linebackers out there. It's not like your nickel was much better because Booby Hobbs was not good tonight. I look, I, I for whatever reason, they keep shoving Hobbs out there as your nickel. Drew, uh, Terrell Burgess is a better nickel. All right, he's a better nickel back than Booby Hobbs. I, I said it. It took me about four days of camp to see that that was the case. It didn't take very long. I saw it throughout camp, and yet Booby Hobbs rolled out there. I know maybe it was just one game. Maybe he had a bad, Maybe he was good during camp. Maybe he was better during the portions that we didn't see. I, I I just think Terrell Burgess is an overall better player at that spot, and maybe it's an experience thing, and they and they want to uh, break Burgess in slowly. But Booby Hobbs tonight was was rough. He was a little rough out there at times, and I know a player or two here can can stand out. I don't want the I don't want one or two plays to to push a narrative. But if a guy gets beat badly or a guy has some issues that that routine plays that should be made, and Hobbs struggle with those tonight, then then they're a little bit of a liability. I still understand why Terrell Burgess isn't your starting Nickelback. I just it it doesn't make a ton of sense to me. Kavia Kulu Fatasanga was good and, until he got hurt, and we'll talk about that in a second. Sania Tautioli, again, led the team with 10 tackles and just a bowling ball flying out there, and he was in the backfield a lot. I mean, sometimes he'd be coming on a blitz, and uh, just somebody had to pick him up, and I just felt bad for the running backs who just got absolutely nailed with this just flying bullet coming through the air. So, pass rush, like I said, only one sack tonight out of Penasini. Um, oh, and I, I missed the secondary. Pretty good night by the secondary. It wasn't great. They gave 187 yards passing. Again, 71 of those on two plays. Blackman got caught turning his head. Um, kind, of, kind of like a busted play where he wasn't sure if he needed to go in and help uh, make a tackle on the quarterback who would escape some pressure somehow and, and turned into a big play. So there weren't a ton, and there were a few plays later in the game, fourth quarter breakdowns. Um, that did happen. Didn't see Chase Hansen a ton. Saw him a lot in the first half, not really in the second half. Uh, uh, Philip Afia was your guy that was out there. Corian Ballard was out there. The hit of the night came on came from Marquise Blair, who hit a blocker, who knocked the blocker into the uh, the ball carrier, and essentially that was your tackle. Gigantic hit tonight by Marquise Blair. I think. I mean, the guy's a 185 pound linebacker. You can play linebacker 185, or if you can hit like that, you can play linebacker 185. Yeah, absolutely can. Maybe Utah's got a Steve Atwater type or John Lynch uh, type back there playing safety form where the guy's just absolutely going to be lighting people up. Uh, Julian Blackman with a good game tonight. Again, I, I mentioned the uh, the one play he gave up that was that was a big one, but he did have an uh, uh, interception and led the team with the two pass breakups. And you can just see the talent and athleticism with him. I mean, you can see the strides he's made from last season. Casey Hughes only had, saw, only had his uh, heard his name called once tonight, which is a good thing for if you're a corner. It means they're not throwing your way. And, uh, and Jalen Johnson, uh, 
I thought had a very good game tonight. Got got plenty of run, had a good game, and was uh, was very very effective. And you can see that athleticism. Corian Ballard did what he needed to do. Had a personal foul tonight, but uh, uh, for the most part, he was good. Utah wasn't tested deep, really. Um, anytime North Dakota had big plays in the passing game, it was generally a broken play uh, or just maybe a, a breakdown here and there. But nothing to be worried about. The defense did give up 16 points, which sounds like a lot, but. One of those, one of three of those points came from uh, a turnover right behind after a turnover, and another one came after a, uh, a field position, or excuse me, a special teams issue that gave ended up giving them a short field. So those were six points right there. Utah's defense again much better than maybe the final score indicated. So I was pretty happy with that. And special teams, Utah's got their kicker. Matt Gay was great, three of three, hit a forty-nine yarder, hit a couple of short ones that were shorter than that. Jaden uh, Johnston missed his only kick. I I know Johnston came out and was the starter for the game. But uh, Matt Gay is your, start, your starting kicker now. He'll be your starting kicker going forward unless he runs into some issues. The kid was Monday night, and his kick from 49 would have been good from 55, uh, maybe more. So I think Utah's found their kicker. But the rest of the special teams, Mitch Wisnowski had one punt, 52 yards, doing what Mitch does, just bombing him. The rest of the special teams, my goodness, my goodness, what a rough night. What a rough night for the special teams out there. You got to figure. I mean, it's game one. Maybe it's just rust at this point, but penalties, just breakdowns. Uh, they had a kick. North, uh, North Dakota had a nice kick return that was mainly on Utah's uh, kick return unit that just didn't do their jobs. Booby Hobbs had a nice return that was ended up being ended up being negated by a block. They call a block in the back. I think it was on Christian Drews. I think it was a bad call. Um, I only got one look at it. But uh, I thought it was a bad call. I, I noticed it right when it happened. I said, ah, I bet they throw a flag on that, and I don't think they should. But special teams, you got to be better. So Utah was the better offense tonight. They were the better defense tonight. They lost the special teams battle, even though I thought Gay was pretty good. Uh, but outside of him, you didn't really get much. But overall, a solid performance that is going to leave Kyle Whittingham with things to build on that he'll be happy about. And a lot of things he can – nothing where he's going to say, this is a disaster, we can't fix this. Everything – every single mistake by Utah is correctable. Every single mistake Utah has tonight is absolutely correctable based on the talent and the athleticism and the players they have on that roster. When everything's correctable, you can you can fix it all. You can fix it all, and you can be a, become a much better team. This will be – I'm not saying this will be the worst game Utah plays all season because they won by 21 points. They didn't – I don't think they've played – I think they played better than the final score maybe would indicate outside of the penalties. But this this is a good team, and there's a lot to build on, and there should be a lot of enthusiasm. The fans should be pumped. You saw some really good things tonight, and you'll see more of it next week and more of it the week after, and then you hit Pac-12 play. Hopefully by that point, this team is really gelling, especially on the offensive line, especially in the secondary, especially on special teams. If they get those things cleaned up and the penalties cleaned up, I think uh, – I think you're looking at a pretty good team here. So game one over Utah, 1-0, knocking off North Dakota. Uh, time for some Q&A. I posed the question on Twitter. Let's see what uh, what questions you guys have. All right, Q&A time here, wrapping things up on the Ute cast. I'm Brian Swinney. Uh, as I go to your Twitter questions here, I'll, I'll answer all the ones I want to answer. I'll do my best here. Braden Shamo asks, uh, should we be nervous but at the lack of pressure created by the defensive line? Yeah, I, it wasn't just that Utah didn't get sacks. It's they didn't get a ton of pressure in general. Uh, and does it should it make you nervous? I wouldn't worry. Like I said two years ago, we 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 saw a slow start to the season. I think it was two years ago. Slow start of the season in terms of getting pressure and sacks, and there wasn't that one guy. Uh, it it was essentially Utah's. It was after 
Nate Orchard was gone. And um, Utah just was not getting to the quarterback with the same consistency. They just they changed things up. They, they got a little more creative. They'll get there. They'll absolutely get there. Uh, but th- these were two very good tackles for North Dakota. I mean, go back and w- again, go back and watch the game. Those were good tackles for North Dakota. They slowed it down. Uh, Utah tried to bring pressure a lot of times with Tautioli up the middle. That almost got there a bunch of times, but but not quite. So I wouldn't be worried about it. Um, it it's not like North Dakota was dropping back and throwing bombs or anything. They they drop back and get the ball out pretty quickly. So Utah didn't have a great chance to do that. I think they're going to be just fine. They had multiple tight ends in there, two backs in there at times. So I get it. I think that was an absolute priority for North Dakota, saying don't let these guys get pressure on us, don't let these guys get sacks on us. That's how they'll kill us. And they made sure that Utah didn't, and they were able to negate that. So I, I wouldn't be worried about it at all. I think Utah's going to be just just fine in terms of getting to uh, the quarterback. So um, you boys asked about the Kavika Luofotasanga injury and his day. Uh, DeMonte Henry Cole upset at the coaching staff. Uh, Kavika Luofotasanga was seen on the sidelines, been reported now, so I can go and report it on the sidelines uh, with cr- in a boot with crutches. That's generally not a good thing. Hopefully it's precautionary. But if he's got to miss some time and if it gets in the Pac-12 play, uh, that's going to hurt. I mean, you, you get more development of Barton, maybe a little more out of Donovan Thompson. And some of the guys behind uh, Lufa Tsonga, but yeah, he's he's your best linebacker. And if you lose your, if you lose him, you essentially go back to the linebackers you have last year. Now both guys will be better than they were last year. Tatiuli and Barton, just a little more, a little bigger, a little stronger, a little faster, uh, a little better with their awareness and what they're doing out there. But if you lose your top linebacker in Lufa Tsonga for an extended period of time, that's absolutely going to hurt. Devonta Henry Cole, no carries tonight. Jordan Howard had a couple. Is he upset at the coaching staff? I'd be. I'd be upset at the coaching staff, um, or maybe at myself. I don't know. I, I, why? Why didn't he play? I don't know. It's a, it's a question for Kyle Whittingham. It's a question for for Kyle McDonald. It's a question for Troy Taylor. But I, I, I don't know why he didn't play tonight. I was surprised. I figured we'd see five carries at a DHC, and and we didn't get any. So uh, Hills asks, when does Burgess play in place of Hobbs? Hopefully next week. Look, I don't want to rain on the on the Booby Hobbs for but but Trail Burgess is a better is a better nickel. I mean. Look, and, and, and I'll tell Coach Shaw this. I'll, I'll, and, and hopefully I get a chance to talk to him soon. But I'll, look, I, I don't know what they're seeing that we're not seeing, that I'm not seeing, that everyone else isn't seeing, or he's not seeing. Terrell Burge is a better player. Hobbs was, was rough tonight. And hopefully uh, uh, I mean, another intense week of practice this week, maybe Hobbs or maybe Burgess overtakes or maybe just a rough game for Hobbs. Maybe that's, that was the case. So next man up says, thoughts on D-line, not getting many sacks. Again, I just think it was a combination of really good tackles, uh, multiple tight ends in there at times, multiple backs in there at times, short throws. The offensive game plan, it seemed like, for North Dakota was don't let them sack us. Do not let them sack us. And that that was uh, <laughs> that was what they were going with. Next question again, why only one sack? So uh, J-Hope asks, how vanilla was this week's offensive scheme to pair, compared to what we see next week? It, it, it was... Much more vanilla than I anticipated. Maybe not much more. It was more vanilla than I anticipated. I thought Utah would open up a little bit more. I thought they would open it, go slow to start, keep things simple, and that's what they did. They kept the passing game very simple. I thought it would be a little more dynamic, if you will, and uh, mixed up. I mean, you could see it in some of the routes. If you go and watch the receivers in in some of the routes they run, and the fact that they were going over the middle, and the fact and Utah did throw the ball over the middle and between the hashes a lot more than we've seen them in years past. How many times was it that 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 quick five yard out to the sidelines or that that curl route that 
the guy would run eight and come back two or three more, and he'd get, end up making a four to five to six yard catch. He's always making catches over the middle of the field between the hashes, and that's where Huntley's going to be dangerous. He makes good throws, and when you got receivers like Nakua who's willing to go over the middle, you'll and they did go over the middle. They just didn't throw it over the middle a ton. They did today a little bit, more than they have in the past, but not as much as I expect them to do over the course of the entire season. As a whole, I think Utah rolled out, I don't know, 60% of their offense tonight. I think they've got a lot more to, to show. Again, I said it earlier, we saw Utah's offense be a lot more uh, versatile and dynamic and uh, varied in fall camp, just the portions we saw, than I saw tonight. So... I do expect them to open things up, and I don't think this is anywhere near what we're going to see uh, with this team. More or less optimistic after this game. Uh, same, same spot. This is, I mean, I thought I said Utah would win 42 17. I was pretty close, 37 16. So I was uh, pretty close. I, I said Utah would run the ball well. They ran the ball well. I said Utah may start slowly. They started slowly. Um, yeah, this game essentially played out. Very comparable to how I figured it it would play out. Very comparable. So uh, no more optimism and no less optimism. Still on track. And uh, I thought it was it was a game that Utah should have played. And, and they played in the way that I anticipated. Outside of those, those penalties. Which are very, very correctable. Uh, C.Y. Miyaki asks, uh, how do you think the O-line looked? Thought they were decent. The holds were on the receivers. Yeah, a lot of the holds were on the receivers. There were some procedure penalties from the offensive line, but the pass blocking was not good. They got beat up the middle too many times. But it was for me, it was mostly the right, mostly the right side of the line. I thought the left side was better. That was your side with Barton and Uatafe. Or excuse me, and uh, yeah, and like Uatafe. Uh, the right side of Agasiva and Paolo struggled a little bit, particularly Paolo. And there were a few times where... Utah had short, quick passes, a lot of times screens, and uh, Palo wasn't sure what to do. You'd see the other offensive linemen waiting for that ball to be caught and then trying to get downfield, and Palo would kind of stand around a little bit, not really sure where to go. Saw him get beat a couple of times. Again, I thought they did well in the run game. I thought they struggled in the pass game. I give maybe a D for for pass blocking and, and a B plus, A minus for for the run blocking. So, and, and I'm a difficult grader, so that's probably part of it. Uh, U54, something happened to DHC. I didn't see him once. Neither did I. I didn't even see him on special teams. He may have played special teams. I didn't notice. So, uh, I don't know. I, I literally, I don't know. Because I watched Devontae Henry Cole in the last practice that we saw in fall camp. The last practice I saw. He had like three runs where, and they were they were no contact practices. He had three runs where he just looked shifty and breaking through things. And, and they could, they would blow the plate dead after like eight, ten yards. It's not like he was breaking huge ones, but he he looked like he knew what he was doing out there. The issue has got to be blocking. It's either to be blocking, or or maybe they have an issue with him catching the ball. So we'll figure out what the issue is there. We'll ask some questions and see if we can get this this thing answered. So uh, OCD Shaggy says Pepsi is the reason we have a throw game now. Fact. Um, yeah, you have an efficient throw game. It, it worked well tonight. I'm excited to see what it looks like when they really open this thing up. So plus, I'm a Pepsi man over over Coke. I don't really drink much soda. But if you're asking me if I'd rather have a Pepsi or a Coke, I'd rather have a Pepsi and I'd rather throw a, a, a Coke. I'd rather pour one down the drain. I used to do this when I was at ESPN 700 where we had this giant fridge of, of sodas and there were Cokes in there. and um, The water would go first and the Dr. Peppers would go second. And so sometimes I would just need a quick caffeine burst and I'd go out there and I would drive one sip of a, of a Coca-Cola Classic and then pour the rest, thing, the rest of it right in the – or throw it right in the trash can. 
because uh, I couldn't stand the taste. I just needed that quick kick. So uh, Smith Jones says, is dancing after eight-yard incompletions acceptable? Absolutely. Go watch UCLA's defensive backs. They will celebrate after a guy picks up 14 yards on them. So if they do that, then I think dancing after an eight-yard uh, incompletion is is uh, is acceptable. So <laughs> I, I guess it's just an eight-yard completion because I don't think you uh, – you don't put yardage on incompletions. It should say eight-yard completion. I am guessing so. Last couple of questions here as I wrap this thing up. Can Tyler Huntley throw? He absolutely can throw. I mean, he showed tonight that he can throw. He. The question wasn't whether he could throw. The question is, can he throw consistently? And tonight he was consistent. Now, he didn't have to make a ton of big throws, a ton of tough throws, but he made the throws he was asked to make. He was efficient, and I think that's what they want out of Tyler Huntley in their passing game to complement his abilities in the running game. I thought Tyler Huntley had a great, great game tonight. Is there food in my fridge? There's not much. I'll be on vacation tomorrow for four days heading to Colorado, so there's very, very little food in my fridge. I don't like it when things expire. Uh, South Jordan uses most impressive thing you saw and the scariest thing you saw. Most impressive thing I saw tonight, uh, probably... The play by Huntley where the six-yarder to Harrison Hanley along the sideline. That, to me, was the most impressive play. Now, he also had one where kind of stutter-stepped and had two guys that he beat. Um, uh, I think it was a design run or is an RPO where he's, he ran it up the middle and made a couple of guys miss. That was impressive. But the, the entire play from beginning to end, catching the low snap, rolling out, making a couple of guys miss, and then throwing an absolute dart to Harrison Hanley, to me, that was the most impressive thing I saw tonight. The scariest thing I saw tonight... Um, Oh, geez, some of the uh, confusion in the first quarter in terms of pass blocking. And it wasn't just all on the offensive line. Sometimes it was a tight end. Sometimes it was a running back not picking up the right guy. I'm going to go the pass blocking in the first quarter, even though it cleaned itself up a little bit as the game went on. But uh, that, to me, was the scariest thing I saw. And Kavika Luofotosango, that injury is, is a scary one. Because he, he does not what Look, I don't want to say one guy is there between winning this, the, the conference or not. But your linebackers were so bad last year that it's a huge reason you didn't win the Pac-12 South. I mean, if your linebackers were better, you beat Oregon. If your linebackers were better, maybe it's a little different against Cal. Maybe it's a little different against USC. Or you did beat USC. Maybe it's a little different against, against Washington. Remember some of those runs that, uh, that Miles Gaskin was able to pull off last year? You need a guy like Kavika Lufotasang. He is your best linebacker. To me, that him being out... That is scary. Quinny Utes says, on a, on a serious note, holding penalties aside, uh, did you see enough from Singleton tonight? It seemed like he was the odd man out. Yeah, I I, I don't know what to, to, what to think. I mean, he had one ball over the middle that he dropped. He got lit up, and Huntley made a dangerous throw, but a tough, a, a tough throw, but a good throw. He placed it where he needed to. Singleton got drilled, got his helmet knocked off, and didn't hang on. Only had one catch tonight, I think it was for six yards. So not a big night out of Raylan Singleton. You'll need more out of him. You need that second wide receiver. Because you know what BYU's going to do next week? Doubles. Double teams on Darren Carrington all day long. And maybe their little to, their, their little corners over there won't, won't be able to slow him down. And maybe the San Jose State corners can't slow him down. But you don't think Stanford's going to have some corners? And you don't think USC's going to have corners? And UCLA's going to have corners? And, and Colorado and Washington have corners that, that, that can shut down or slow down Darren Carrington? One-on-one? I mean, he's not getting 10 catches against teams like that. If he does, I'll be surprised. You need that second option. Raylon Singleton is that second option, or should at least be. Uh, if not, then you've got to find that second guy. If he's not out there, look, he, he was out there blocking his butt off tonight. I watched it. He was blocking his butt off tonight, but he's got to get open more. He's got to get open more, and he's got to make those catches, and he's got to make that catch 
even though it was a tough catch to make, if, if he's a he's a redshirt junior on this team and one of the leaders on this team and the second best receiver on this team, and if he wants to be an all-pac 12 level guy, he's got to make that catch. So uh, Tracy says, what are you going to do with Booby Hobbs at nickel? Not good. No, it wasn't good. It wasn't it wasn't good. I mean, I can't spin it other spin it any other way. Booby Hobbs was was he the weakest link in the in secondary tonight? I thought Philip Lafia was effective. Um, again, Casey Hughes, we didn't really hear his name. Uh, I saw him on film just, or uh, a couple of times, and that's good if you're a corner it means they're not throwing your way. But Hobbs, yeah, that's what are you gonna do? Put Terrell Burgess in there. That'll, that'll for me that fixes your problem. So that'll wrap things up, and I hope that I wrap things up for the Utcast. The Utcast is is over. That's the end of it. We'll roll out some info and some news when it's appropriate, maybe tomorrow, maybe at the beginning of next week. Uh, we'll have some changes. I don't know. Maybe, maybe I'll get uh, a little saucy and over the weekend and get bored on vacation and, and post one. But this is the, the plan is this is the last one. So Utah jumps out to a 37-16 win. They're 1-0 on the season. That's all that matters. The record is all that matters. I thought I saw a lot of really good things out of the team tonight. I think there's things they can improve on, but everything's correctable. Overall, a solid first game, a solid per- first performance, and Utah is on their way to not only another bowl season, but to competing for a Pac-12 South championship. The pieces are there to do it. Everything's just got to come together and clean up those damn penalties. I'm Brian Swinney. You've been listening to Utecast here on UteZone and UteZone.com.